0: This is the Sooner Schooner Show, a proud member of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. And coming up on this week's episode, we will debunk a lot of what Colin Cowherd had to say on a recent episode of his show when he said "Oh, you could become the next Nebraska once they move to the SEC. We'll delve into a little bit of the 2024 recruiting class and Talk about the pipeline that OU is trying to develop out of Carl Albert in Midwest City. And we'll also talk about Big 12 Media Days. They're right around the corner. So how awkward are things going to get when OU and Texas take the podium? Please do us a huge favor and give us a five-star rating. Take a few seconds to do that and write a review. If you take a screenshot of both of those things and send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, He'll hook you up with a koozie. We're getting close to tailgating season, and you want to show off what great taste you have in podcast as well as college sports content. On a recent episode of his show, Colin Cowherd, and I'm assuming that this show came out or the content of this show came out either the week of the SEC schedule reveal or the week after the SEC schedule reveal. Because that's how this topic got created. And quite frankly, it was uh, made known to me by a couple of people. One person, who actually works for Fox Sports Radio, sent me the content. Uh, the other was through Anthony Fogel, who used to play football at OU, is a defensive back at OU, and a defensive back for the uh, Green Bay Packers. He actually talked about it on my show in Tulsa a little bit. So, um, first of all, thank you for both of those people for calling this to my attention. And if you haven't heard what Colin Cowherd had to say, we're going to play it for you. Now, keep in mind, let's keep a couple of things in mind. One, Cowherd is a really good talk show host. He's one of the smartest guys I've actually ever heard on the air. Okay, please don't throw up in your mouth too much when I say that because I know you, dis- I, I know you dislike him. If you're an OU fan, you almost can't help but dislike Colin Cowherd because he doesn't have a whole lot of nice things to say about Oklahoma sports in general. I mean, the guy has really disliked the Thunder and Russell Westbrook for a long time. Uh, you know that he dislikes Baker Mayfield. So those are two people that he's never really, those are two people he's never really warmed up to. And he loves offensive football, which means he loves Lincoln Riley, and he loves Southern California, which means he's always going to be biased towards USC. I mean, look. Every talk show host has their prejudiced and their biased. Those those are his, or their biases. So those are his. If you haven't heard it, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's way too long, but here's about 45 seconds of why Colin Cowherd thinks, oh, OU could become the next Nebraska, in air quotes. And if you've ever seen, real quick, I got I to bring this up real, just real quick. If you've ever seen Emperor's New Groove, Yes, I'm doing it like David Spade's character, Emperor Kuzco, when he was a llama with my hooves. Colin Cowherd's talking, here's Colin Cowherd talking about how OU will become the next Nebraska once they become a part of the SEC. Is Oklahoma going to be the second program in our adult lives that disappears? Number one, the state no longer produces big numbers of players. Of the Sooners, 26 signees in their recruiting class. Three are from the state of Oklahoma. That's having to convince kids in the South. Convince kids in Texas come to us. Secondly, they joined a tougher conference. Like Nebraska, this is going to be harder. Most of those Southern kids have grown up on the SEC. Those football players want to stay with traditional SEC powers. And number three... In an offensive era, they hired a defensive coach, and he was completely, utterly over his skis. They didn't get the coach right. In that 45 seconds of audio, there were a lot of solid points, which sounds really good on the air. And again, not to praise Colin Cowherd too much, but in sports talk radio, nobody does a monologue better than him. There are people at news talk that do monologues better than him. I mean, heck, I I mean... Our boss, Pete Bundo, does a better monologue than, than Colin Cowherd. And I, I'm not saying that to that kiss Pete's butt. Uh, Clay Travis, um, whom I disagree with often, but I think he's a very talented individual, does a better monologue than Colin Cowherd. But I digress. Everything that he said sounds really good on air. And it's all designed to make him sound like he is the smartest guy in the room. And please do not forget... Colin Cowherd has at least six producers at his beck and call at any time that can help him out with any of this research, which is so incredibly mind-boggling that they got so much wrong on this. It's an opinion, but it's opinion not completely based in fact here. First and foremost, Let's take, let, let's take the first thing that Colin Cowherd said and the fact that, that the state of Oklahoma does not produce as many good players as it used to. Well, if you've watched Oklahoma football as long as I have, okay, if you are even remotely close to 50 years old, then you know that the state of Oklahoma has never, never produced a ton of talent. Now, I can say that it feels like more kids out of the state of Oklahoma are getting signed than what they used to, and I do believe that that is true, that there's more college-level talent coming out of Oklahoma than there once was, but not all that talent is necessarily good enough to play at Oklahoma, which is one of the reasons why guys get passed on. Um, It's also worth noting that if he looked just a little harder, there are guys that Oklahoma should have recruited that have done very well elsewhere. Charlie Kohler comes to mind. Colin Oliver comes to mind. Trace Ford is one that OU didn't hit on, but gets back now that he's coming to play at OU. And just what I wrote down here, even though OU, even though Oklahoma doesn't produce just a ton of great FBS football players, or Power Five football players, or, or whatever you want to say, the ones that OU does does get, a lot of them have really popped. I mean, oh, I don't know, just off the top of my head, some Heisman winners named Billy Vessel, Steve Owens, Jason White, and Sam Bradford. Uh, guys like Gerald McCoy, guys like the Selman Brothers, Tony Casillas, like all these guys have come from the state of Oklahoma, and there's never been a ton of them. The majority of OU players should, every year come from the state of Texas. And I think had his his researchers done him any justice, what they would have pointed out is that in the 2024 recruiting class, which by the way is only ranked 41st right now, you would have pointed out that there are only four kids from Texas. Of course, nine, and all this is based on the fact that nine have committed, but only four are from the state of Texas. In 2023, Five were from the state of Texas. Now, you also had five from the state of Florida, and that was a top 10 recruiting class. Uh, 2022, uh, which was another top 10 recruiting class, had seven from Texas, and 2021 had six. Now, you know, me being a guy who is a disciple of, you know, Barry Switzer's recruiting philosophy thinks the majority of kids on an Oklahoma roster should come from the state of Texas, which is another thing that Colin Cowherd did not mention. You know, when you talk about OU moving to another conference and having to go play in another region, please remember that you are three hours from DFW where there is a ton of talent and there's more than enough to go around. And when you don't get the four- and five-star guys, because sometimes you're going to miss out, you as a staff have got to roll up your sleeves, look under some rocks, and sometimes... Even OU will have to take chances on guys. Now, OU will have to do that a lot less than a school like Oklahoma State. But I think had you pointed out that throughout the history, the majority of OU players don't come from the state of Oklahoma, uh, it would have changed the opinion. Also, the the other thing that he did not mention, and this totally sways things when it comes to recruiting, transfer portal. Guys going in. Guys going out the the transfer portal has a big effect on who is on, on where a lot of your kids are from. Guys will pop in and out all the time at the drop of a hat he should have i mean he should have mentioned that i mean that that's basic that is 101 like I am somewhat surprised that that this actually for him kind of got through i don't know if he was looking for people to poke holes in his argument, but this one was a very easy one um to poke holes in. You talk about moving to a tougher conference. Yes, OU is moving to a tougher conference. That was his second point. Here's the thing that he did not mention, though. For Oklahoma to be a school that hasn't won a national championship since 2001, and guess what? That's all OU hasn't done since 2001 is win a national championship. I almost look at OU a little bit like I look at the Yankees, and I know that the Yankees have won a World Series um, in 2009. That's the last one. The Yankees have done everything but. OU has done everything but win a national championship. Now that you've got a 12-team playoff, winning a conference championship becomes less important. Now, it's nice to hang a banner. It's nice to get a ring that says conference champions, but the main thing you want is to go to the playoffs and when you're in the SEC, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. The SEC and the Big Ten will always get the benefit of the doubt from the selection committee. And it's hard to see that changing anytime soon. So your OU, you don't have to go 12-0 and 0 to make the playoffs. And when you've got a schedule like you do in 2024 and 2025, which 2024 is when the 12-team playoff starts, you could conceivably lose two of your games and still get into the playoffs. Heck, three. You could lose three and still get into the playoffs. Although, one, if you do that, now you're starting to get into that very dicey margin of error, which you don't want to be if you're Oklahoma. But there's no shame in losing to Alabama and LSU and still making the playoffs. That's considered a successful season. And I think Nick Saban, if Nick Saban has taught us anything, is that you don't have to win your division, which, by the way, there aren't going to be any more divisions in the SEC, but you don't have to win your division or your conference to end up winning a national championship. So if you're OU and you're getting to the playoffs more often than not, and you're getting to the playoffs more often than schools like a and Arkansas, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Tennessee, which, by the way, Tennessee's going to be really good in, in, in that game. Boy, Josh Heupel getting a shot to, to derail OU season, that's going to make for some high drama in the Southeastern Conference. But if you can do that, if you can be better than the majority of those teams and you can get into the playoffs, then you're having a successful season. And I think I don't know that we will ever see dynasties anymore in a, in a 12-team playoff. Oklahoma should be good enough. Most years to be able to do that, especially if you're getting high quality kids out of the state of Texas, which you would think that they should being only three, only three hours away. Last one, he automatically assumes that Brent Venables isn't the guy. And after one season, yes, there are OU fans that that do agree with him. I, I had to talk one guy off the ledge starting after the Texas game and then every subsequent loss after that. I mean, he's he's a good friend of mine, but on social media, everything was a fire Brent Venables, fire Brent Venables. And if you know me, look, I've been very honest about where the program is right now and how you don't have a whole lot of time to see if Brent Venables is the guy. You sort of have to know this year or next year. But this year, OU has a schedule where you could go anywhere from I'd say you go anywhere from 8 and 4 at the bare minimum or actually at worst is 8 and 4 but you could finish 10 and 2 you could finish 11 and 1. The and he always he threw this caveat in and this always drives me nuts about him. And one thing that that I know you know that he loves Lincoln Riley and he loves offensive football but going back to his days at ESPN Colin Cowherd was one of these guys that was very big on taking the violence out of football and and pretty much said that if you like hitting, if you like the physicality, if you like the violence, you're a Neanderthal. I got news for him. It's always going to be a violent game. And the last time I checked, the guy that won the last two national championships is a defensive coach. The guy that's won the most national championships in the playoff era is Nick Saban. He is a defensive coach. We saw OU, Lincoln Riley, offensive-minded guy. Now, granted, the LSU team, the the most recent one that won the national championship, great offensive team, defense not what they used to be, but we saw Lincoln Riley step on the field with them, and their defense completely blew up OU. We saw an offensive-minded TCU team get obliterated by Georgia because Georgia had great defensive talent. And, and all those things didn't come down to the fact that the people at LSU were calling good plays or that Kirby Smart was, was setting up great formations. No, you just have talent. You had a lot of really good talent. Colin puts a lot, he loves finesse and he loves to be the smartest guy in the room. So therefore, he loves guys who want to be the smartest person in the room. He'll say he doesn't. But you can kind of tell with the, with the attitude there. So, yeah, that's why a guy like Lincoln Riley is all gonna, going to appeal to him because he, he and Lincoln Riley are an awful lot alike. But this was a very easy argument to just rip to shreds. And Again, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but it is a wonder that, that this one kind of got through without anyone, with, with, with the army of people that he has to do research for him at his show an army of which I don't have. I've got to roll up my sleeves and do it every single day all by myself. I don't have a producer helping me. I, I, it, it's me. It's me and Coach Jones. That's it. That that got through. That that got through the way the way that it did. But it needed to be debunked. I'm glad I can debunk it. OU's going to be fine going into the SEC. In fact, they'll be successful. Um, but I will say, and this is one thing that, that and I don't say this to strike, to strike fear into your heart, but OU needs to go into the SEC being successful. They can't wait to catch up in the SEC and being successful. They've got to hit a roll. Very crucial year for not just Brent Venables, but for the OU program. In general, we, we say that all the time. you got to be on a roll doing it. Because if you go into the SEC with an, after a 9-3 and three season or after an 8-4 and four season and you lose to LSU and Alabama and Auburn and Tennessee in that year or some sort of combination of those schools and Texas, that could be a hard road to hoe. That could be a long mountain to climb up. How many more cliches can I throw at you that I don't know that uh, OU could recover from at least soon? And And one thing that Collins said, and I didn't play this, he said programs like USC, Notre Dame, Florida State, you know, they, they they go dormant, but they don't completely die. OU is one of those programs because we've seen it. We've seen it go dormant, but OU is not a program that dies. Neither is Carl Albert High School. In fact, Carl Albert never went dormant. It just, it, it is the machine. Carl Albert is the machine that will not die. It's what, look, like if you're from the state of Oklahoma, it's what the western part of the state has to ha- hang its hat on while the eastern dominates. If you're not from Oklahoma, and you're listening to this, it's a school out of uh, Oklahoma City, and I've lost count of how many state championships they've won over the last few years. But Xavier Robinson, a running back out of the out of Carl Albert, committed this week, had the big ceremony. Um, we can save talking about the committing ceremonies for another date or time. But he's one of a few targets that OU has kind of circled at Carl Al- Albert High School, including... Uh, but not limited to uh, a more recent quarterback recruit, who um, uh, Kevin Sperry, who was originally from Texas and is going to transfer to Carl Albert High School. It's almost like they're all going to Carl Albert and eventually they're all going to feed into Oklahoma. And what I, look, you you have to love pipelines. You, you have to love a school that produces that much talent that you want, that you as a a college coach can walk into, and if you're, and if the kids are having a good experience, if the coaches have had good dealings with with the school, you ought to be pretty successful in recruiting him, in recruiting them. The one thing, and I thought this was a pretty smart point. I mean, look, Pat Jones always brings up smart points, you know, every day on our show. But one that he brought up that I really kind of clued into. He said he ran into that when he was recruiting South Oak Cliff High School. Which he recruited from his days at Southern, you know, Arkansas Southern Methodist at Oklahoma State. He said there was one year he went in, he said, I want he says there was about four or five guys there that could have really helped us. But you have to drill down in on one and let the others go, go where they may. You have to drill in on one. You have to be very careful about trying to recruit everybody from that school. One, you're probably not going to get all of them. But two, you don't want to create you don't want to create a situation where you're just concentrating on one school and, and you're ignoring you're ignoring others. But hey, OU has done a great job there. Carl Albert seems to be pretty fired up about this situation because you got a bunch of D1 players and you're winning state championships. Um, I still would say though, state of Texas that's where you that's where you make your hay. If you're Brent Venables and, and you're Oklahoman, as uh, we start to uh, kind of come to the end of this Big Twelve Media Days, right around the corner, the uh, 12th and 13th of July, OU will be taking four players to uh, DFW, or I guess it's not really even. Yeah, it is DFW. It's Arlington. It's Arlington, so that counts as the uh, the, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. But those players include Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, Danny Stutzman, and rounding it out is Jonah Laulu. So, as I said, two from defense, two from offense. Storylines you can expect. Can OU defense get better? Are they going to be good enough to, to help them win 10 games? Brent Venables, you feel like you're on the hot seat. But the main thing that's going to be talked about while we're there is OU and Texas and the move to the SEC. As much as Brett, Yormark doesn't want it. It's the elephant in the room. It won't be ignored. He'll try and divert everything to Big 12 playing in Mexico. Conference expansion is going to come up for the Big 12, and he'll try and sell you on some teams that you know won't do the conference any good. I mean, he'll be asked about Colorado, probably couldn't say, he won't be able to say anything about them or Arizona State or the Pac-12 or San Diego State or whoever they're bringing in. But you know those questions are, are going to get asked. But here's the deal. OU and Texas are going to steal the spotlight because that's what they do. That, that, they, they've carried the water for this conference for so long that they'll carry it at least one more day, and then Brett Yormark's going to have to go out and find a couple of new water boys for a subpar conference. That's it. I mean, that's what Big Twelve Media Days is going to be about in a nutshell. And it has been. And what I find hilarious is it's been that way for the last two years. Ever since, ever since the announcement that they were leaving Big Twelve, that OU and Texas were leaving Big Twelve Media Day has always been about OU and Texas moving to the SEC. That won't change. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get some good fodder and either one of the new school's coaches or new players coming in or one of the players or coaches from one of the Heritage Big 12 schools will pop off and say something, and then we can talk about that for a couple of days. That should be about the most excitement you get out of Big 12 Media Day unless you're going down as a member of the media – Then you'll have a lot of fun eating at restaurants, drinking, and uh, socializing, and what have you. But that's Big 12 Media Day in a nutshell. That wraps up this week's episode. I'm Eric G. Thank you so much for listening. Please be safe. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody, as Jackie Moon always says. And quote Don Cornelius, love, peace, and soul.